1: Is going on Colts Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. You guys, Derek and Cody with you as always. And guys, the Colts secure their first win of the 2023 NFL season, dominating the Houston Texans. And I will use the word dominate because some of you will look at the score and say it wasn't, but I don't want to hear it. The Colts were dominant in this game against the Houston Texans. Winning. 31 to 20 on the road. Cody, I mean, it's nice to get the first win. Maybe some circumstances where we kind of wished it wasn't like that. But nevertheless, it still feels good to walk away with a win.
2: Yeah, you did exactly what you needed to do in this game, Derek. You dominated pretty much from start to finish. Had a couple hiccups down the stretch there in the fourth quarter where you're like, oh, gosh, are they going to blow this? But ultimately, we are able to hold on and secure the comeback attempt. And, yeah, I felt like the Colts were really in control for the majority of this game, really from snap number one, the Colts were in control. And so, yeah, it definitely feels good uh, to get a victory to go down to Houston. You know, people will remember last year, in a work probably a worse Houston team, you tied them. So to go out there and get kind of a a statement win in certain ways is it's nice. It feels nice. It's like the first time you feel really good about a win in a while. And it's the first time really, Derek, we've been able to celebrate a good win in a while. So yeah, definitely was great to see the Colts, you know, go out there and really be able to do whatever they wanted for most of the game.
1: Yep, absolutely. We got to hop into the quarterback play today. Both quarterbacks were on display. Uh, Anthony Richardson, who was 6 of 10 for 56 yards, was not set, had a rating of 75 and a half, and then also had three rushes for 35 yards and two touchdowns, Cody. Early on, first five minutes of the game, Cody, it looked like it was about to be an insane blowout because Anthony Richardson looked poised. He looked in command. His athleticism was on display and then sure enough on one of the touchdown runs proceeded to most likely was the play that he ended up getting a concussion where he fell. He got hit at the goal line by a defender and ended up taking a fall and hitting the backside of his head, which most assumed was the play that he ended up with a concussion status for next week unknown. We have no idea how bad it is but clearly we saw the next two drives after Anthony Richardson was unable to complete a pass and had multiple times where it just didn't look like he was reading things appropriately. So they proceeded to take him and check him out. And he obviously went into concussion protocol. Cody, we kind of talked about it in the game. You know, we'll, we'll obviously talk about later on in the week. We'll keep an update on Anthony Richardson, but In regards to just this game, like in the first few drives that he had, what did you think of Anthony Richardson's poise and how he handled it?
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he he looked really good. Like he had uh, – you know, like you said, he looked poised, he looked comfortable back there, and he could use his legs. He had a couple plays where he looked really, really good running the football, obviously. But also I felt like he had a nice combination there early on, especially on that first drive. You know, the second drive with the forced fumble, you know, it was really one play and it was a touchdown. So really his, his first full drive, I thought he looked really good. I think it was pretty much – it almost – to a T, I think it was like one in completion. It was pretty much to a T, a perfect drive from the Colts offense and Anthony Richardson. So, yeah, I thought he looked good. I thought he looked poised. I thought he, you know he he showed exactly what you were hoping he would show. Um, and then in regards to the second drive, you know, it's just one of those things where could he have protected himself a little bit more? Yes, he could have probably you know in that, but also you know these things happen. You know, like. That's just one of those things where, you know, the initial hit wasn't bad, it's just a lot of times when you see those concussions, it's, you know, the collision with the ground a lot of times, you know. I've just seen that recently. I had a player, you know, that I was coaching that had, had that kind of thing happening as well. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, concussions happen, and I don't know, maybe, you know, you could argue, you know, did did do you think he should have done something different on that play? I don't know. You know, was it a late hit? I know that was kind of a question as well. Ultimately, it's just like, it is what it is. Richardson needs to learn also that he can't be Superman every play. Like, he's learning, and unfortunately with this one, Derek, this is an only lesson that he's going to have to learn, you know? Maybe instead of trying to, you know, extend and go all the way down, you know, I don't know, maybe he slides down there and lives to fight another down. You know, things like that. Although it's like, oh, you could have scored a touchdown there, but it's like,
1: yeah, but I'm protecting myself. I felt like with that one specifically, I think he – He knew he had the touchdown and he stood up and he thought that this guy's not going to actually hit me with all he's got. And he did and ended up, you know, getting hit in a way that ultimately gave him a concussion. That's the sort of situation where it's like, had Anthony Richardson, you know, ducked, you know, like ducked down and used that shoulder and gotten below the point of contact, maybe It wouldn't have resulted in him having his head flown backwards and getting whiplash and getting the concussion, right? That's the argument we have. And it's just about, once again, Anthony Richardson having to learn from this and say, buddy, you have got to every single play. No, you cannot get lax when you have the ball. You have to every play remind yourself, I have to do everything in my power to make sure that the hits I take do not cost me an injury. It doesn't matter what they are. You could legitimately look like you have no one in front of you, but you have got to know you cannot think like that. So it's just another one of those where, you know, it's Richardson just having to understand that. I mean, the play spoke for itself. He was very good. And those first two drives made it look easy. And then, sure enough, you had a backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew who also made the game look very easy from that point forward. Uh, 19 of 23, Cody, 171 yards, one touchdown, uh, was not sacked had a QB rating of 112. I mean, this is why you pay Gardner Minshew to be your backup is in case something like this happens. He's like, yeah, I, we we got it. We're good.
2: Yep. This is exactly, like, like you said, this is why you brought him in. This is why he is considered one of, if not the best backups in the NFL, is because, you know, he can he can do this. He can come in and fill in for an injury at quarterback, and he can play well, and he can give you wins, you know. And so, yeah, thought Minshew looked really good today. Um, you know, very efficient, obviously, only through four incompletions on 23 attempts, 171 yards, had a touchdown. Thought he looked poised, looked in control. And looked like he had, he had a couple nice throws, Derek. I know there was one in particular where he threaded the needle to Will Mallory like on the third down. It was like a perfect throw right there. And that I think is just where Minshew excels, is just he has such great touch on the ball. You know, he may not have the biggest arm in the world, but he's able to fit it into some windows, you know, like that. Like he's able to make those clutch plays like that. And I felt like he had pretty good command of the offense pretty much all day. He was able to spread the ball around to a lot of different players in this game. And I think made the Colts offense even that more dangerous that they were able to really get it to all these guys. You know, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure. But, you know, multiple, multiple guys that got looks and got targets and catches today. And Gardner Minshew just seemed like he was in control from snap number one. And uh felt like he was doing a really good job. He had a couple times where he extended some plays, found a wide open guy. And uh, that's exactly what you were hoping he would do. You know, it wasn't anything spectacular in terms of like, he wasn't out there slinging 50 yard bombs or anything. It was a lot of short to intermediate, but it was just enough for what you needed, you know, to finish that game. You were already up by a couple touchdowns. Like all you needed was Gardner Minshew to really play game manager in this game. And I thought he did a really good job at doing that and it was really efficient throwing the ball today. So, yeah, Gardner Minshew looked good for the Colts in relief of Anthony Richardson and really felt like, uh, you know, if you ever run into a situation like that where you know, you have to rely on your backup quarterback, I mean, Gardner Minshew is one of the best
1: for a very good reason. And I thought, I thought it was more than just being game manager. I mean, you could say with it as you want, the Indianapolis Colts were only up a touchdown when Gardner Minshew came up. I mean, when Gardner Minshew came into the game, the Colts were only up by a touchdown. And at that point, or actually even then, I actually think they were only up by by four because they it was 14 to 10, if I'm not mistaken, by the time you got uh, in was, there. I think it was 14 so,
2: 7. I'm pretty 14-7. sure it was 14-7. Then they went up twenty one. So you're right. You're yeah, right. So it, was was like, it was so
1: close, and Gardner had to, in a moment where Houston had all the momentum. Took it and immediately from the jump, Gardner hit every throw. I mean, he was on target, did not miss very few times. It, 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 he was poised in the pocket. All great things. And, and it was beautiful to watch Gardner Minshew yeah. do that. And well, maybe uh
2: maybe game manager, maybe I know that comes with a negative connotation. That's not what I intended it to be. I only intended it to mean, you know, he was very efficient. He wasn't out there, you know, he didn't throw for 300 yards or anything crazy like that. But he was very efficient, like you talked about, very poised in the pocket. And maybe game manager was a little bit of a disrespect to him because he played extremely well. That, that wasn't any slight at Gardner Minshew. He played really, really well, had some really nice throws. So I just wanted to clarify, because that's not what I meant when I when I talked about game manager. Yeah. I know that can, I think that you're can right. I with think a negative the, connotation.
1: Uh, I think you're right. I think the uh, game manager thing kind of uh, – kind of gives a negative connotation because you think of the Alex Smith days, but yeah, it is sure. what it is. Anyway, we moved to the running game, which was mm-hmm. actually present for this game, Cody. Um I know yeah, that yeah. it's they're up against a team that, you know, doesn't do a great job of stopping the run. But I mean, even when you think about it, even the Ravens did not run the football very well last week against the Texans. The Colts as a team ran the ball 23 times for 126 yards between Zach Moss, Anthony Richardson, and Gardner Minshew, three rushing touchdowns, five and a half yards per carry. So clearly Anthony Richardson early on had it going. He w- he had it going easy. And then Zach Moss throughout the game, it, you could feel the presence of Zach Moss because on plays where Deion Jackson or Evan Hall, or Jake Funk get brought down immediately, Zach Moss does not get brought down with wimpy arm tackles. This dude runs through people, and on a play where you would normally get one or two yards, he's getting you three or four. And that was the the big thing for Zach Moss, was his presence really showed in this game.
2: Yes. Extremely efficient, right? And it wasn't like he was out ripping 20, 30-yard runs, Derek. His long was only 11 yards on this game. But like you just talked about, he's just a massive human for a running back. He's got tree trunks for legs. He's hard to take down. He's more of that bruiser in between the tackles type of running back, right, where he doesn't have the blazing speed. But, like, you know, first contact's not going to bring him down. He's going he's gonna to get a couple more yards out of it. And so I felt like Zach Moss in this game, maybe Derek in this game, we, we realized a couple things. Maybe Jacksonville's just, I mean, a better defensive line than Houston, but also maybe Deion Jackson's just that bad. And maybe Zach Moss is just that much more of an upgrade because he did not look like he had any issues today running the football. You mentioned that Zach Moss was, you know, very, very efficient 18 carries, 88 yards, just a hair under five yards of carry and a touchdown. And looked very, very good, very, very efficient. And Derek, I think for a lot of people, this maybe calms the fears a little bit. um, You know, because it seemed like last week it was so much in the other way of like, oh gosh, does this give Jonathan Taylor leverage? Well, no. I think we were a little overreacting a little bit on that. You know, Zach Moss showed that maybe it's not you know just that the all the other running backs are so bad. You know, Zach Moss just is that good, and so I really felt like he had a great game. And he really helped to to set the pace of this game, you know, and really helped Gardner Minshew out a ton, just being able to run the ball as efficiently as he has. Really from snap one, Zach Moss was just a guy that, you know, he was very, very efficient, just would churn out the yardage. And that's exactly what you needed in this game. And I felt like you had a great push for the majority of this game. And you were able to feel like every time you gave Zach Moss the ball, even if he was tackled in the backfield, he was going to have, you know, make it a couple yards. You know, there was a couple times where it looked like he was going to get tackled for maybe even a loss. He turned it into a two or three-yard gain. So, like, nothing spectacular, but, like, those sorts of things that you turn they a matter. negative play into a positive play. It didn't
1: they matter. matter so much.
2: Yes, it made you go from a, you know, second and long to a second and eight or whatever. And those sort of things really matter in this game. Those little things that you don't necessarily think about, they matter in this game. So, Zach Moss... Round of applause for Zach Moss. He did really good today, was very efficient for Indianapolis. You feel really good about where you're at now. If he can continue to stay healthy, you feel a lot better at the state of your running back room with Zach Moss in it. And, yeah, ultimately, man, felt very encouraged by Zach Moss's performance against the Texans, who, like you mentioned, it's not like the Texans are just this god-awful run defense. I mean, they held Baltimore in check last week, so – you know, they have something, right? They have a couple you know, defenders that can play pretty good against the run. So it's not like they're this terrible defense against the run. At least they weren't a week ago. So for the Colts to be efficient in this game was very encouraging.
1: Absolutely. And, I mean, you have to talk about uh, the unit that made it all happen. And that is with uh, – and that's, of course, with the offensive line. Uh, the very underrated part, we keep talking about Gardner Minshew, Anthony Richardson, Zach Moss, all these guys. But I mean, talk about the offensive line that actually gave some holes for Zach Moss to run through. Talk about the offensive line that kept Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson from getting sacked the whole game. I mean, that's a very important aspect to this. I know, uh, Anthony Richardson didn't get sacked a ton last week against Jacksonville. I thought it was like two sacks for like eight yards. It's not that crazy.
2: Uh, Can I? I'm sorry. Can I intervene here? Jim Irsey gave an update on Anthony Richardson. I wanted to just talk about. He said after he was talking with Richardson after the game, he said he was clear and feeling a lot better. Again, this is Jim Irsey. Sometimes he overexaggerates, so you never know. But that certainly is a good sign. Hopefully he's going to be ready to go for week number two. Again, we're going to get more updates as it kind of comes out, as Steichen speaks and as the week progresses, you know, going into Baltimore here in week number three. But I just wanted to – sorry, I just wanted to talk about that because I saw that that update there. So Gotcha. Yep.
1: Okay, cool. Well, I appreciate that update. Cody, always yep. with the updates. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, just being able as an offensive line unit to do what – I mean, a lot of people were questioning, you know, was it the offensive line being really bad or was the running backs really bad? But this week you had the whole package. You were pass blocking very efficiently and you were run blocking much more efficiently this week. So, I mean, kudos to the offensive line for stepping up this week.
2: Yes, absolutely. The offensive line, you know, and I'll go on here and say I'll be to this week, man, because I was on that offensive line a week ago in our recap, you know, and, And I think they played a little bit better in week one than maybe I gave them credit for, you know, some of those sacks. They lost four sacks a week ago. So, you know, for the offensive line to do what they did. And, again, people say it's the Texans and all that stuff. Well, there were some good pass rushers on this Houston defensive line. Let's not get that twisted. You know, Jonathan Greenard, who's a pretty good defensive end, and also Will Anderson, the number three overall pick, they did not do anything in this matchup. They were not even present. They didn't touch Richardson or Minshew in this game. I mean, I don't even know if Will Anderson had a tackle in this game, Derek. I'm not even sure.
1: I can look it up. But, I mean, I I don't think Will Anderson in total had three tackles. But they all came in the last quarter when the game was already
2: over. I know there was a graphic they put up where he had like
1: one quarterback hit and that was it or something. And that was at the very beginning of the fourth quarter.
2: Yeah. So, So... up
1: until the mid-fourth quarter, he had no tackles.
2: So, they did a really good job. Of neutralizing those really, you know, young and talented Houston pass rushers, pretty much all one, day. One QB hit all game. Yeah, and that was yeah, exactly. Will Anderson.
1: One QB yeah. hit all so, game.
2: Let's give a shout out to the offensive line, Quentin Nelson, playing through the toe injury. Ryan Kelly did leave this game with that concussion. I thought Wesley French filled in very well in yep. this game, so that's definitely a positive thing. You feel good if you know. Hopefully, Kelly can come back for the Baltimore game, but if not, you feel like French can handle it. And then also Bernard Ryman, man, we got to talk about him. He's continuing to just – he's been the best offensive lineman for the Colts, I think. And this offensive line, this week especially, played really well. Bernard Ryman hasn't allowed a sack yet, yet, Derek, and he's been very, very good in the run department. We already knew that was his strength. So, you know, so far so good with this offensive line, which is definitely great news.
1: Absolutely. Uh, And then this week – no, again, no one on the offense for the pass uh, passing department really took over, but we said it at halftime, Cody. Um, it was nice to just see a collection of guys kind of be able to help move the ball. Michael yep. Pittman had eight catches in this game for 56 yards. Really great to see him get involved there. Uh, Will Mallory, two first down catches, and one was a 43-yarder. It was the first – Uh, completion that Gardner Minshew had made in the game. So it was a huge boost to the Colts offense to get him going. Uh, Josh Downs, four catches, I think every single one of them going for a first down. So, I mean, Josh Downs was Mr. First Down in this game, which was nice to see from him. Alec Pierce, two catches for 28 yards. He had one really big one in that third quarter, helped move the ball down the field. Zach Moss had a couple catches. Kylan Granson had his three. uh, He had that touchdown uh, late in the third quarter. No, right before the half. Cox got involved. That was right before the half, Derek. That was right
2: before the half because there was like ten seconds left in the half when Kylan
1: Granson. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Right before half. So you know, I mean, it's like nobody took over, but a lot of guys had a ton of great catches that really just seemed like it moved the chains or it really uh kept drives going and that's the big thing with this
2: yes you know what it it reminds me of in certain ways derek the 2020 colts offense do you remember that when they kind of just got everybody involved in the game like they would just get all these different players all these different targets i remember it was like ty would have his own zach pascal would have a couple You know, Eric Ebron or not Eric Ebron, you know, Trey Burton would have a couple. Jack Doyle would have a couple like some of those guys, you know, like it was never like one player would go and just absolutely light it on fire. But like the 2020 Colts offense, it was just it was an offense where they spread the ball around a lot to a lot of different guys. And there wasn't necessarily like that number one guy that was the bonafide 1,500-yard receiver, but they spread the ball around a ton. And obviously that was Michael Pittman Jr.'s rookie season as well. So, yeah, it kind of gave me those sorts of vibes, Derek, when it came to the offense today, like you mentioned, able to spread the ball around, able to really be efficient, and it wasn't like anybody was the main target, even though Pittman you know, was that with 12 targets in this game. You know, It wasn't ever like, there was just the one guy that was unstoppable. It was a total team effort. And to their credit, Derek, for the most part, they did exactly what they needed to do from the skill position. They were making catches. They were extending plays, getting first downs. It wasn't anything like, oh, my gosh, but like I thought they did a very efficient job today, and that's exactly what you need from this unit.
1: 100%. 100%. It was enough to get the job done, and that's what you need every single week is just guys getting the job done. Now we go to the defensive side of things. Uh, yes. I mean, there's, <laughs> I mean, Cody, we could go on forever about these guys. Uh, also shout out to Dio. Um, yeah. he, the, the, that, I don't know why that all of a sudden, um, that block didn't count. Uh, I think it was before, I think it was because it was before the snap. And I think that's why they had to redo it. But yeah. Uh, on that kick. Dio, uh, that yeah, Dio definitely blocked that thing. Um, yeah, he did. Shout out he to also,
2: him. He also had that um on that, I think it was at that Bukum sack on the first Houston drive. He forced that fumble. Yeah, so he did shout force that him. fumble. Yep. Even though yep. Dio what de- wasn't given credit for a sack in this game, I don't think he was at least, um, he was all over the field. So just wanted to give him credit because he may not be – a guy that you look at the stat sheet and say, oh my gosh, like this guy was out there dominating, but you know, really Derek, he had two plays, you know, the one didn't count, but it should have counted. You know, he had two plays where he was making plays. So just want to give oh, him a shout
1: Um, so shout out to these guys, this defensive unit, Zaire Franklin, again, leading the way with 13 tackles. I mean, Cody, there is no question anymore. Zaire Franklin is the heart and soul of this uh, defense now uh, yep. he's the heart of it. I, I think uh, Shaq Leonard can still be the soul. Cause Shaq Leonard has that uh, has that craziness about him that everybody loves, but Zaire just makes this thing run, man. Julian yep. Blackman with 10 tackles, EJ speed with six uh, EJ speed with one sack, Quiddy pay with another sack, DeForest Buckner with one sack, Samson Ibukum with one sack. Taven Bryan with one sack. And Jake Martin, six sacks on the day for this Colts defense. We said it, Cody, when Laramie Tunzel went out, and even before then, in the preview, we heard from our guy saying that the Houston Texans were going to be down at least three offensive linemen. So it's going to make things very difficult to move forward. And it definitely made it difficult for Houston to do anything when you had all these guys getting uh, sacks. There was 17 QB hurries, nine QB hits, six sacks. So, I mean, in grand scheme of things, Cody, the front seven had its way with C.J. Stroud and the offensive line. And even so, uh, throughout the game, Houston only averaged two yards a carry in this game, running the ball 26 times. So, I mean, again, Colts took advantage up front.
2: Yes, and that is not something they've done in the past at times, Derek, even when it seems like they're playing an inferior opponent on the other side. Their defensive line, we've seen it, where it's like, how did you guys only get, like, a sack or whatever? But, like, credit them, you know, they did exactly what they were supposed to do in this game against a very banged-up and inferior Texans offensive line. And, like you mentioned, six sacks on the day – Probably should have had a couple more, you know. C.J. Stroud was able to get the ball out, um, which is just to his credit. But yeah, six sacks on the day for the Colts' defense are able to shut down Damian Pierce, do exactly like we thought they would probably do in this game. And so, you know, some people say, "Well, it's the Texans," and you look at that. But like, I don't care, man. You know, I don't care if it's you know your your first string or your third string offensive line you're facing. Like, you go out there and you dominate, and you continue to make statements out there. Again, things are going to get a little bit more difficult when you're facing some of these teams. But, like, building that confidence with this unit, Derek, you know, that they are just continuing to dominate. Um, You know, and this is something that, you know, last year we talked about inconsistencies. And, again, there were still – there are still some inconsistencies with this defensive line. But today was – by far one of their best days they've had in a while. Just everybody getting in on the action, getting sacks, getting pressure on CJ Stroud pretty much all day long. And so, yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to this defense. They played well. You know, Bukum and Quedi Pay just continue to play great on the edge. And yep. we already know they can both stop the run. Um, you know, they showed that multiple times in this game, but also the fact that they were able to get some pressure on CJ Stroud in this matchup. Definitely – want to give them credit. And Abukum has been a great signing for the Colts, Derek. I, yes, he has. I know it's only been two weeks, but, like, man, he has just been everywhere. You know? And he's Constantly just been getting pressure. Make, he's getting pressure. And, I man, it always leads to sacks. I mean, that was something that happened in San Francisco. But, like, he had a sack today. He continues to get pressure. And even on that yeah. 20 sack, he was in there, too.
1: So, Yeah, and on the one where Dio knocked it out, Samsung was on that side. It pushed Stroud in. I mean, on his sack. Yeah. That was the one that did it. So, I mean, Samson has been involved on so many of those. You're right. The the Taven
2: Bryan one. That's the one you're talking about. Yeah, the Taven Bryan one. You're right. I'm just saying
1: eight sacks in the first two weeks of the season for the Indianapolis Colts. That's what you want to see from your defensive line. No question about it. Now, let's talk about the one unit that definitely left us with some issues, uh, and that was the secondary. Okay, so credit where credit is due. C.J. Stroud was placed in a almost impossible situation and still threw 30 of 47 for 384 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions, which is the big one for him. Okay, so it's definitely something that you can't overstate. C.J. Stroud had a really good game in spite of the fact of getting pressured 17 times uh, on that day. And the one guy that just killed us, Nico Collins, seven receptions, 146 yards and a touchdown. Every time Nico Collins touched the ball, it was like the drive just never stopped. Uh, That was the issue that they had. So, I mean, and I think you and I are both in a grandstand obviously the secondary in total was not great, but the one guy that clearly got exposed more than anyone else was Daryl Baker jr. Uh, most of the time when Nico Collins was catching the football, Daryl Baker was the one that was close by or even tank Dell had a couple of really good catches on Daryl Baker. So, I mean, obviously you win the game. It was the only aspect that the Texans ever got right, but, Nevertheless, that's going to be an issue later on in in games when you're not dominating the line of scrimmage. If teams see that and Daryl Baker's getting exposed like that, that could be a long season for the secondary.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.
2: Talk about bad game, man. It was the thing where, like, he looked so lost. He didn't look aggressive. He looked like he was just waiting, you know, for people to make the catch and he wouldn't even contest the balls. It was just, and then the one that made me the most mad was when he missed a tackle and he didn't even try. He, like, just, like, missed the tackle. He was, like, holding on to him and just, like, stood there. And I'm like, okay, like, if you're going to get beat, fine. But if you're not going to play, you're not going to show effort, then get off the field because I don't want you at cornerback if you're not going to if you're not going to like try and you're not, you're just going to give up on plates, you know, that's not what you need. So yeah, Daryl Baker, Jr. Not a great day for him. Hopefully he has a bounce back day, but Derek, I am, if this continues, uh, Juju Brents, please activate him. I'd rather see him, you know, out there than, than this guy right now. I mean, clearly the worst part of this secondary and had some issues last week again, you know, with Calvin Ridley and he's clearly the weak link on this defense right now. So I don't know why the Colts continue to trot him out there if that's, this is going to be the result. So we'll see on that. But, yeah, I was definitely frustrated with Daryl Baker because there was multiple times where Houston wasn't third and long, and Daryl Baker just was lost again. And the Texans' wide receivers were wide open. wasn't even contesting them. He made, like, in my count, Derek, one good play in this game, and that came near the end of the game. At the very had-
1: end of the game when the game was practically over.
2: Yeah, so – If I'm the Colts, I'm watching that game and I don't like what I see from Daryl Baker at all. So hopefully, you know, even if they don't feel like he's ready, I feel like Juju Brents has to be out there at this point. That's in some sort of capacity because I can't watch Daryl Baker just look lost in this game and not
1: even look like he's trying half the time. Like that's just not going to fly. Absolutely. Um, Special teams wise, uh, I don't think there's much we can really talk they, about they, I mean, better. they were better in the coverage today they were but better they much good. better in coverage you're absolutely right um, Rico looked better today Rico yeah uh, Rigoberto Sanchez 44 uh, average uh yards today and honestly I think that's also kind of uh strewed on the number because like at least half of his punts he was punting practically like at the 50 yard line so it's yeah. not like uh he was having to – there was a couple times where he was dropping it in there. But, you know, the overall, yeah, I thought it was it was better of a day from Sanchez. Gay only had to kick one field goal, uh, hit the one from 42. Again, that's his 26th straight kick where he has made it inside of 50 yards. So, good to see that. Hey, the, um, the fourth and one crowd that were chattering last week got their wish this week. Steichen didn't go for it. Yeah, he, he didn't go that. for it this time because – I mean, I mean, at that moment you're thinking to yourself like, okay, I'm at, uh, I'm at the point where I'm saying, yeah, I'm up by 18. I need to get the touchdown. I need to get the points here, just add on to the lead. So, it is what it is. I can't complain. But outside of that, man, I mean, I, I, I think also uh, Steichen called a much more consistent game. Uh, I don't think that mm-hmm. there was a lot more times where. In the second half, I got it like I think it had more to do with the defense than anything. um there was a couple of flags on the offensive line uh, that were highly suspect. uh I think everyone was kind of saying that these refs kind of sucked but at the end of the day I, there was a couple of drives that got stalled in the second half due to you know a couple penalties and things like that. But overall, I, I must say, I was much more happy with how the Colts were getting creative with their play call, especially early when Anthony Richardson was dialed in, bro. That touchdown run, that was some. That was beautiful. I don't know what that was, but that looked like something that you'd have seen from the Eagles last year. Yeah,
2: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it looked good. It looked good for sure. Um, so, yeah, man, overall, was very encouraged by this game for the Colts. And, again, they're going to have a little bit more of a difficult game heading into the Baltimore Ravens here in week number three. It'll definitely be a, a fun matchup. And, again, the big storyline will be Richardson. Derek, one more p- uh, piece of news that Sykin added. Uh, Richardson actually self-reported uh, that concussion.
1: Um, so he he told them he he summoned them over. Because remember, he went back had the to because if he played in two series after that, and yeah. so he must have thought that something's off. i'm not I'm not seeing something. I'm not feeling it. I don't something's not right here. And yeah. that's probably and why. So first of all, congratulations to Anthony Richardson. Spot breaking on. Thank you so much because that could have that for one that could have killed him. If it would have gotten worse for one. Now, two things is again that's fantastic because it it shows that he's trying to make sure he's in the right space, doesn't want to hurt his team by playing hurt in a brain injury that could have been worse. He obviously recognized that something was wrong and said, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out what I'm doing here. But good on him for doing that. So I'm like glad you hear that.
2: it good on him to protect himself in the long term. And let Gardner Minshew finish that game out, like you said, as opposed to you know going back in that game, potentially making things a lot worse for him. And again, Derek, this should ring really close to home for Colts fans because, my gosh, you remember Andrew Luck going out and playing meaningless games in Week 16 when he had no business being out on the field. And it's good to see Anthony Richardson having the awareness to be able to say, hey, I am not good to go. I need to report this. I need to sit out. You know, and I know Anthony Richardson has that same sort of drive that Andrew Luck did of I want to help my teammates out. I'll do whatever it takes to be on the field. But again, you know, sometimes, and we saw that unfortunately with Luck, that was to his detriment, you know, where he, you know, played through so many injuries that he shouldn't have been out, had no business being out of the field for, and it ultimately hurt him long term. You know, and so I'm, i love to see that from Richardson taking that accountability, even though I can imagine it was a hard freaking, you know, hard freaking thing to do because you know, you're winning the game. You're playing well, you're you're winning the game, you're this could be your first win, and it was his first win as a starting quarterback. And it just sucks that it had to end that way. But like for the short term, um, it sucks. But for the long term, for Anthony Richardson and his health, I think it was a great move for him to do this. So I want Absolutely. to give a shout out to Anthony Richardson. Even though it sucks in the moment, I'm glad that he had the self-awareness to do that
1: and and then definitely- on top of it, yeah, like to spare yourself of further injuring yourself, that's a great thing to be like, okay, yeah, uh I can prevent future injury or from it getting worse. And also with him being cognitively aware of the fact that that's happening leads me to think that it truly wasn't that terrible. Obviously, a concussion is a concussion. You <laughs> kind of take that seriously one way or another. But, I mean, obviously, we uh, it does give you a little bit more hope that potentially he'd be ready for week three, only if he's ready. Not going to push it. Good thing is it's a long season. Thankfully, it's just something that most likely he'll be able to be done with in a week or two and he could get back to being the Anthony Richardson we all know and continue to develop, but obviously it's a better situation than a, a season ender. And then this whole season is just for nothing. So at least it's, at least it's a good thing. And he didn't pull it Tua, a, you know, yeah, so exactly, exactly. So Derek, I would say
2: for, for players that stood out in this game, as we kind of wrap this up, um, I'll pick a couple here and I want you to pick a couple as well. I'll pick some on the offensive side of things. I'll have you pick some on the defensive side of things. So I will say for the offensive side of things, I think Zach Moss was a guy. Gardner Minshew was a guy. Um, I really felt like, you know, really all the receivers. So like I could talk about all of them. You know, they were just efficient on the day. Um, and then just really felt like, you know, the tackles in specific. I want to talk about the tackles just because we knew if there was a strength of this Texans defense, it was their edge rushers and they held them to nothing. So those were a couple of guys that stood out to me, studs of the game, really the entire offense, I thought, was good in this game. But specifically, you know, Zach Moss, Gardner Minshew, the receivers and the
1: tackles. Who were some guys on the defense that really stood out to you in this game? Defense, I mean, Samson and Bucum, you gotta mention that one. Quiddy Pay as well, you know, had that injury early in the game and still came back out, did really well, and still played. It what was hilarious to me was uh when if you remember that touchdown that got called back because of the hold, I think it was on Samson, and Quiddy came up and and went up to CJ and to tank Dell and, and did this like calm yeah. down, <laughs> like calm down, quit celebrating. Look at the flag in your own backfield. So th- that's Quitty just having a grand old time with it. Uh, I mean, this Colts defense has a ton of swagger about them right now. Um, but yeah. yeah, Quitty was definitely a winner. Um, gosh, who else do I pick as a winner in this? I mean, I would it, throw out Kenny Moore
2: in this game. Yeah,
1: Kenny Moore for sure. Yeah, Kenny had a, that one drive where he dictated the whole drive. Uh, it's just yeah. great to see Kenny Moore playing like Kenny Moore again. Uh, yes. That's that's the one thing I think we're all we're seeing more shades of 2021 Kenny Moore than what we're seeing of 2022 Kenny Moore. So that's always a great thing. Yes, exactly. So guys, that'll do it for. Our recap of the Colts'
2: first win of the season, traveling down against the Houston Texans. Again, let us know your thoughts in the comments below about the Colts' first victory of the season. Who were some players that stood out to you in the good? Who were some players that didn't look so good? Let us know all those things in the comments below. Like we said, we'll give you guys updates with Anthony Richardson and all those other things with practice updates throughout the course of the week. But, guys, we are so close to 17,000 subscribers. If you would, if you're watching this video right now, do us a huge favor. Pause this video. Go hit subscribe if you haven't yet. Hit the like button so it gets out to more people. Also, turn on the notification bell so that you guys know when we drop more content just like this. But other than that, that'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts.